Breaking news to close trading this Friday, October 27, 2023. It's being reported that thousands of Israeli soldiers have entered Gaza in what appears to be another major escalation in the ongoing war in the Middle East. To close this week's SD Bullion Market Update, we're going to hear a respected macroeconomic forecaster's take on where this gold market is headed, perhaps sooner than most in the world could imagine at the moment. We're also going to review how badly the U.S. banking system has been looking of late and look ahead toward the potential future-sized bank run, which has been recently estimated by the Fiat Federal Reserve itself. First, let us listen to the other side of the world for some coverage from earlier this week on where current gold price points are around the world. Gold prices have been an up move because of three reasons. One, there are geopolitical concerns and that leads to safe haven buying. Second, expectation that you could be looking at lower interest rates in 2024. And third, in last one year, the gold prices have given you better returns than various asset classes. So portfolio diversification also has led gold on the higher side. And while we are inching higher, some of the countries and currencies have seen gold prices already re hitting record highs. Australia, Japan and China in last one week have been looking at higher gold prices consistently. In this year, we also have seen UK and Taiwan as countries see gold prices at all-time highs. For the Indian markets as well, it was in the month of May that we saw 61,490 as an all-time high. Currently, we are trading at 60,500, so just a thousand rupees away from an all-time high there. In the US dollar terms, the all-time high has been 2,070. We are trading at around 1980 right now, so $1,000 away from that one as well. But interestingly, it is the projections going forward which tell you that the gold is ready to make all-time high in the next year as well. I mean, as you can see, these are all global banks and brokerages, Wall Street banks as well, telling you that gold prices will hit a high at around 2050 to $2,200 uh, $2, an ounce. I mean, that really seems to be a consensus. But there are a couple of them which also expect that $2,500 an ounce of an all-time high is also what gold price could be looking at in the next year. So this is the projection anticipating that it's an all-time high coming in for 2024 for gold yet again. Gold in fiat US dollars is only 2.5% away from its all-time nominal record price high. Of course, the fiat US dollar has been devalued and debased. And later on in this week's update, we're going to cover the likely in-game for gold ahead, as it's going to be doing a full accounting of how badly we've mismanaged our fiat financialized system over the last more than five decades running. There is no stopping the basic math of the coming debt and deficit piles and walls ahead for the US and other fiat currency creating out of thin air to pay promises never saved for Western nations. Of course, world central banks collectively know all this, and that's why they are selling US bond IOU certificates at a rapid rate collectively buying gold bullion faster and in larger size over the last few years than they have before ever in history. Stocks throughout this year, 2023, are now being outperformed by gold. You see that yellow-orange colored line moving higher and the stocks all moving lower? Get used to it. Over the last calendar year, we can say the very same for silver outperforming stocks. Ultimately, seeing the spot gold price blow beyond the S&P 500 ratio is both a conservative and likely later this decade target. In that world, silver is going to likely outperform them both. For a bit more on bonds, gold, and stocks, let's have a listen to the stock cheerleaders at CNBC. 
Gold, meantime, continued to surge, briefly crossing the $2,000 mark, its highest level since July 31st. But can rates and the bullion keep charging higher? Let's ask Carter Worth of Worth Charting. Carter, um, good Friday to you. Uh, what are you seeing in the charts here for gold? Sure. Before we get to it, I mean, to your conversation about the market, it really is characterized uh, the bullish year that wasn't. I mean, the Russell 3000, right, which represents 98% of the investable capital in the U.S., is up 8.9%, the index. But the median stock is down almost 7. 60% of the stocks are down. To his point, the current percentage of the top 3,000 companies in the USA have interest expenses which are greater than their current cash flows from operations. So a coming wave of corporate zombie bankruptcies, that's still outstanding. It has not been a bullish year. Hard stop. But anyway, let's go to gold and let's look at some of the charts and rates and so forth. So obviously we're right now on the one year anniversary. It was a Friday, it was October 21st, 2022, and rates hit a high of 4.34% before dropping all the way back down to three. And then here we are now one year later at 4.9. Look at this chart, look at the channel, and look at the second, which picks up the chart going back from the prior high. So again, one year anniversary, Friday, October 21st, and here we are, Friday, October 20, uh, 4.34, and here we are at 4.91. The question is, is this sort of where uh, it, it gets overdone? I think so, um, but of course, I've been making that case and it's continued higher. I'm a buyer of bonds, uh, plain and simple. But gold, um, look, these relationships, uh, there is this notion that, of course, well, if the dollar's so strong, why is oil going up? Oil went up when the dollar was strong. Or, or now the dollar's staying strong and here's, uh, these relationships are not always inverse. Sometimes they're direct. Either way, the moonshot that we've just seen, and we've moved up $186 an ounce, up 10% in 10 sessions. Um, on a short-term basis, you fade that uh, by all accounts. Uh, and if you look at all rolling 10-session moves like this, it, it, it usually gets a check back, a dip, a correction. The longer term structural issue, when you see it on the screen, is this. Is this ultimately this great backing and filling at those prior highs before we break out? Yes, look at the longer term chart. The next one, going back to the lows. Uh, it's a great setup for gold. So it's it's what your time frame is. If you're very short term, it's not gonna just keep going at this rate, it's excessive. If you structurally believe in gold, I do, you always wanna have some and this chart tells the tale. Um, but Apple. Uh, big earnings coming up, and I think maybe we should look at that one too when we might have a chart. Um, uh, I'm a seller. Wow, that's straightforward. Sell <laughs> Apple. Uh, Carter, I want to go back to gold for just a moment because if you're concerned about, if you are a believer in gold in the long term, but believe your call that in the short term it will pull back, what is that support level that it bounces down to? Right, and that sounds like someone who doesn't have a clue, and, and oh, I think it's going down, then up, or up, then down. But it's structurally, Nothing's changed. Gold has been consolidating for three years, trying to ultimately break out. Come back after this short break and we'll dig into some of the coming fundamental drivers beyond the latest geopolitical violence and tensions that will propel gold into yet another future mania phase. Hello, this is James Anderson on behalf of SD Bullion. Smash the like button if you enjoy these bullion market updates and be sure to visit sdbullion.com forward slash sweepstakes to enter our free 500 ounce Silver Eagle coin giveaway. Want to win 500 Silver Eagle coins just like this guy? Yeah, this is Kevin. Hi, Kevin. This is Dr. Tyler Wall, CEO of SD Bullion. I'm calling to you to let you know that you won the SD Bullion giveaway of a monster box of 2022 Silver Eagle. Unbelievable. That is awesome. <laughs> so click the link below for your chance to win.
Good luck to all of you out there who enter our free 500 ounce American Silver Eagle coin giveaway sweepstakes. The silver and gold markets were mixed this week as the spot gold price popped to close the week based on Middle East war escalations. The spot silver price closed just over 23 an ounce bid while the spot gold price jumped over 2,000 an ounce bid to finish the week. It remains to be seen if we are at the moment building the floor here for the future escalations of gold or if we're going to have more dips below 2000 to come. The spot gold silver ratio ran up on gold strength to close the week at 87. Now that's nothing out of line on the long-term basis and or long-term trend. For my silver bulls out there in the gold silver ratio camp that I'm in as well, to see the gold silver ratio eventually fall back towards the 2011 low levels, we're going to want to see gold strength lead this global gold bullion market now. Major U.S. bank stocks continue to trade like trash. The leader of the most insolvent bank in our U.S. banking system is now jumping ship, cashing in on those who will be left on the sinking Titanic to come. The Fiat Fed's financial stability report recently admitted that there is over 20 trillion outstanding subject to a run and or a John Exeter pyramid meltdown of a situation where everyone in the world is yelling to get my capital back and that ultimately leads to a gold mania phase crescendo. JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon planning his first stock sale. The king rat of the bankster ruling class appears to be jumping his overleveraged market monopolistic parasitic ship. Since taking over as CEO nearly two decades ago, our Leslie Picker with the details. So this came in a filing, Leslie. It did. You see that slide there down about 2.7% right now. JP Morgan announcing in that SEC filing that its chairman and CEO, Jamie Dimon, intends to sell 1 million shares beginning in 2024. At today's levels, that amounts to roughly $140 million and around 9% of his beneficial ownership when including unvested performance share units and stock appreciation rights. To close this week, we're going deep. I wanted to share with you all a mind-bending clip from this week provided by CME Group, a.k.a. Comics NYMEX sponsored podcast by Risk Reversal Media. Luke Groman is a no-joke macroeconomic forecaster who I personally met a few years back, um, being from the same city where he lives in. The man is sharp, and he will bring this week's SD Bullion market update to an appropriate close, although this is going to take a little bit, but you need to strap it on in because we're about to go through a, a big take. You remember how I persistently remind you that ongoing spot prices we see for precious metals are a derivative leverage mirage? Well, Luke is about to run through his endgame thesis of what it will take eventually to bring the red and blue lines into multilateral equilibrium in the future. Like I said, strap in. So Luke, we waited 25 minutes because all roads in our, in our world guys, lead to gold. And you actually, I think, put out a tweet that the equivalent of the big short in 2006 of buying um, credit protection on some of these mortgage bonds is equivalent now with gold. You consider it fire insurance and you put Bitcoin in there. We'll leave that for another show. That's not our area necessarily. But let's talk about gold for a minute because it has separated itself. We talked about this last week for the first time while rates are moving higher and the dollar was moving higher. It held and actually moved up geopolitics, et cetera, out there. So give us your thoughts on gold here. And it's Guy's belief, and he's been talking about this a long time in mind, that it's completely underowned. 
The global central banks may be hoarding it, but quote, no one owns it. The institutions don't own it. And what does the golden environment look like when that moment comes, which looks like we might be on the precipice of? Nobody owns it. Uh, I mean, you look at whatever, $130 trillion debt market globally. You know, if you went chapter and verse through all the major bond fund investors, hey, how what percentage of your bond fund is is in gold? And not just unallocated gold or GLD, physical bullion allocated somewhere. Okay. I got I got to I got to leave. This is like I can't even be like my head's exploding. I've never I, seen guys I have, smile I have like found, this. I have found my kindred spirit. I, I like this is cr- anyway. So I'm sorry, Luke. Please continue. By the way, Luke, Luke, prior to you continuing at the very end of this, be helpful how people should be buying gold because we have our thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts on that. So please sure. go on the gold. Sure. Go on your gold train here. I don't sure. So for the when when you when you run through what we just spent the first part of the show running through. What becomes clear, what, what I'm saying and, and what you're saying when we're at this spot and, and whether it's like right now or it's in six months, it's coming the spot where maybe it's a year, but I don't think it's longer than that, where if central banks, if the Fed doesn't inject more liquidity, they lose the long end. And if they do inject the liquidity, they lose the long end. What that is being, what, what that means in plain English is the risk-free asset, U.S. Treasury bonds, for the first time in anyone alive's career, have either credit risk or inflation risk. And this is the risk-free asset, pristine collateral that underpins everything else. So we know with a high degree of certainty, ultimately, there is a price where the Fed's going to say, no mas, we're capping it here. We're going to let the dollar go. We're going to let the balance sheet go. I don't know when that is. I think we're much closer to that than most people think. But in the end, the message of what gold has done since the war, it started a little, but I think really since September 20, when you really look at a chart, a long-term chart of gold against US real rates, inverted real rates, right? And you see this divergence, there's a little bit of the divergence where gold sort of goes you know, it's still moving in the same direction as real rates. And then in September 2022, when the UK gilt market blew up and Yellen came in and ran down the TGA and the dollar weakened by 15% or so in four months from, uh, call it October of 22 through January of 23, that's where you see gold move in a different direction. It's really split. And so I think that was the moment in time where the gold market started warning anyone that would listen, they just they just showed you who they are, right? It's like Dennis Green, right? They they are who they thought we were, and and the the message was Fed was only able to raise rates for six months until they broke a sovereign debt market. They broke the gilt market. Oh, by the way, you know, no one ever talks about it because it's kind of esoteric, but the, the U.S. Treasury move volatility index as the gilt market was breaking was at like 150, 160. And the creator of that index is saying like anything over 150, the Fed's completely lost control. Right? Harley Bassman is brilliant guys. And- okay, that's it. I'm leaving. This is like, Danny, tell him. Tell him. I might shave my tell head. Him. Tell him. I might him. shave my head. No, I... <laughs> Hold on, but so... Yeah, keep going on that. But so, just, you know, bringing it back, I think, to, you know, towards 
where can gold go? What is the real signal you're looking for? If unless we, like I think you indicated, we've already had it, that it's green, it's go time here on gold. Because to me, risk reward wise, I don't see any downside. I mean, when I say any, could it retreat 50, 100 bucks? Sure. Things get, you know, temperature kind of cools down geopolitically, of course. But to me, that's every every uh, pullback is a buying opportunity. But again, tell us how people should be looking to play that. We're not a big believer in GLD. If, if you have to buy something like that, a closed-in fund like PHYS, at least yeah, they own the physical something, maybe tell people how they should express it and, and kind of how you would tell them to allocate it. I know that's not what you do per se is tell people what to buy per se, but I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I, I think you want to own fiscal bullion, uh, ideally. Uh, I, I prefer coins if for no other reason than they're harder to uh, uh, counterfeit. Uh, there is some concern. The bigger the bar, the easier and more profitable it is to counterfeit. So you just have to got to be careful uh, unless you're really a professional and can say it, all that stuff. Um, uh, the I, I agree with you. I, if you... GLD for me is a trading vehicle. Uh, it is not how I would express it. If you if you can't own the physical bullion, I would own, like you said, a closed-end fund like a PHYS uh, as a way of expressing it. In terms of where it can go, I, 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 the no downside in, and and where it can go, I agree 100% in terms of, yeah, can you get a trading move down of you know, 100, 200, bucks, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Like It's an absolute buying opportunity because the compounding interest is what it is. It is not stopping. This thing's like the Terminator, right? I mean, it's not going to stop. It doesn't sleep. But the compounding interest of where they are is just going to keep coming. And so where where is the, to me, physical gold might be one of, if not the cheapest asset on the board. And the churn I showed that I tweeted out that you referenced earlier, Danny, or, was um, the... Uh, you, I look at it as it's almost like a gold PE ratio to me. It is the uh, market value of U.S. official gold as a percentage of the foreign held U.S. treasuries outstanding. And so what that is, is just it's, you know, the market value of gold times 8,100 tons of gold that the U.S. officially owns um, divided by the amount of foreign held treasuries out there. And what this chart shows going back to 1970 is prior to 1989, when the USSR collapsed, which was sort of when we went to a unipolar world, that percentage, the gold as a percent of foreign held treasuries was never below 20% of the foreign held treasuries outstanding. Today it's seven, maybe 8%. And in 1980, and, and for most of the time, it was 40%. That basically foreign held debt was 40% collateralized by the market value of U.S. official gold. In when, when things really got iffy for the dollar, for treasuries, et cetera, in the early 80s, that percentage went to 130%. So that's like when people say, oh, there was a gold bubble. The gold bubble was when 1980, the market value of official gold was 130%. That means that everybody in the world who owned a treasury could have showed it up at our door, demanded gold gotten their gold in the face value of the treasuries they held, and we still would have had 30% of our gold left over. Our debt was 130, foreign debt was 130% gold collateralized. Today, it's seven, maybe percent collateralized. Minimum, if we just take it back to the last time we were in a global strategic competition with a peer or near peer power in 1989, the percentage was 20. That means gold's got to triple just to get us back to there. 
And if we go back to when we were in the really heated parts of the Cold War, on average, it was 40, which means gold would have to go up almost six just to get us back to that level. And those percentages just give you an idea of how insane our debt has grown over the last 30 years. You're making my head explode. I got. I, I can't even believe. I mean, this is you've you have a. There's a smile on my face because everything you've been talking about. Excuse me for the last thirty minutes, are things that I have believed. But you know, I'm. I sometimes struggle with because the world is not manifesting itself in the way that it theoretically should. And you start talking about the move index. We t- when I started my career in the 1986, if the if the bond market moved a couple basis points over the couple of days, it was front page news. Now we move uh, uh, now with a much lower denominator, 15, 18 basis points over the course of an hour, and nobody thinks that's a big deal. I've said the bond market trades like a hundred and fifty million dollar biotech stock with one drug in the pipeline. It's completely broken. Number one, number two. January, I think, of 2013, seemingly out of nowhere, the Bundesbank decides, they wake up and decide, you know what, we want our gold back. They want to repatriate their gold. You have to ask yourself, why? What did they see? They didn't just wake up and decide to do that. They clearly saw something happening. Last year, 2022, global central banks bought 1,221 tons of gold for approximately $70 billion, record amount, on course to do similar this year. They are hedging their own ineptitude. I have said that countless times now. They see exactly what you're talking about, but they will never admit it. And I'll say this for the last time. Fed watches a lot of things. If the gold genie gets out of the bottle, it is going to scare the collective shit out of them because they know what it signifies. Thoughts on that before we get out of here? Well, it's, it's yes, I agree entirely on, on everything you said. I think gold is ultimately how they get out of this. Um, there are provisions in the Federal Reserve Bank operating manual by which um, the Treasury, United States Treasury Secretary, can instruct the Fed to write up the gold, the U.S.'s gold, and the accounting treatment of that as a deposit, free and clear, no debt attached to it, into the U.S. Treasury general account. So at 261 million ounces or 8,000 tons, Every $4,000 per ounce that Treasury were to instruct the Fed to write up the gold would deposit roughly a trillion dollars, 4,000 times 261 million ounces, into the TGA. So like, if, if you said, Luke, your Treasury secretary, how can you get out of this? We need to get our debt to GDP down right away. How do we get out of this debt spiral? I call up the Fed. Powell, it's over. You've lost the long end no matter what you do. Write up the gold to, I don't know, we've had, it's a $24 trillion treasury market. Prices are probably down, what, mark face value 30% on average over the last two, three years. Uh, so the real market value of the U.S. treasury market, I don't know, $12 trillion, it's $15 trillion for round man. I'm going to write up the gold by $10 trillion, right? So let's uh, uh, Forty thousand dollars per. Just actually do it. Do five trillion. Just take a third of the debt out. I'm going to write up the gold by five trillion. Uh, if I write up the gold by five trillion, every trillion is four thousand bucks. So that's twenty thousand dollars. And I get five trillion deposited into the TGA, free and clear. I go out into the market. And I buy back a third of the of the U.S. debt outstanding. 
Now it's a $10 trillion market value market against GDP of $27 trillion, give or take. Voila, we've gone from 120 to 40% in one stroke. Thank you for your donation, Treasury Gold. Now, inflation rips, the dollar probably sells off quite a bit, but that's all in the cake. That's going to happen no matter what at this point. So that's first thought. Real quick, second thought. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the premium in Shanghai on gold, but it's been trading at a 6% premium. Tell and them, tell them, tell them. We talk about, oh my God. I Yes, please. It's So it's, it's now, historically, if a gold was at a premium in, in Shanghai, it just means the yuan's going to weaken because we control the price of gold. It's a, the dollar controls the price of gold in London. However, because there is now a yuan oil contract, now you can buy commodities in yuan. Thank you, Russia and China. A 6% premium in Shanghai for gold is going to send gold that way. But gold, because there's now a yuan oil, there's not just dollar oil. As long as there's only dollar oil, it just meant the yuan was going to weaken. Now, because there's yuan oil and yuan gold, now you have a different gold to oil ratio in China than you do in the West. And oh, by the way, starting in January, China just said, we're going to sell, or Russia just said, we're going to sell China gas at half the price we sell to Europe. So the, the, the gold is going to buy you a lot more oil and a lot more gas in China than it does in the West. So law of one price says you can't have two prices for the same commodity. So the, the yuan, oil, and gas is going to force, and with, in the presence of that Shanghai premium, is going to drive gold to China. And if we were starting to see this, we would see London and COMEX gold bulls being drained. Guess what's happening? London and Cook. It's literally like the 60s all over. The, the Middle East war isn't the only thing. It's like the 70s again, 60s and 70s again. China's draining our gold using yuan oil. So I think as well, this will accelerate this whole machinery, whether the Fed and Treasury decide they want to do this or not. I will tell you that I've never seen a guy this excited, but I will tell you two things. You just created a new acronym. I'm not sure if it already is Federal Reserve Operating Manual. That's from. And then you obviously just created a lot more security around Fort Knox because everything you're describing. No. Can I tell you something? No, that's the greatest mythology. We have you have to come back, Luke. I I swear to God, yeah, because I could I but let me just so let's and I've used this analogy. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Everything you said is accurate. There's a problem with what you said, I think. If you owned, I own a 2002 Tahoe, okay? I put it on Facebook Live or whatever the hell the thing is to sell it, $5,000. And five minutes later, some guy shows up at my door and says, you know what, here's five grand. I own the Tahoe, but you know what, guy? Do me a favor and store it for me. I don't have no place to put it. I'm like, that's okay, that's a good deal. 10 minutes later, another guy just comes up and says the same exact thing. All day long, people come up to me and say, I'll buy that car from you, but you hold it for me. You would sell that car over and over and over again. That car would be levered a hundred times at least. And my suspicion is that's what's going on in the gold market. So they can put all the security they want, and it's not the point. That genie's out of the bottle, but that's for another podcast. And I'm sorry, because I'm telling you, my head's going to explode. And remember when crude oil went, the front month went to minus $39 a barrel because there was no place to store that shit. 
and nobody could take delivery. There's a flip side of that coin as well. And the flip side is everybody wants delivery of something and there's not enough to get it there. Danny, take us out because I'm, I'm going to lose my mind. No, listen, Porter and Vinny uh, were, you know, told us, get Luke on your show. He aligns with what you're talking about. You've exceeded those expectations. I've obviously followed you on the Twitter, as Guy likes to call it for a long time, or X, whatever this crappy thing is called now that really doesn't work anymore. And I think you do incredibly uh, thoughtful work. And it's not just because it aligns with how we think, but it certainly reinforces that we aren't crazy and people should be paying attention to you. Obviously, Luke, you've had your, your finger on the pulse for some time, not just recently. So I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know, like I said, a lot of people after this episode are gonna be on Investopedia, but instead of doing that, just follow Luke on on the Twitter or X, whatever this thing is called, and we'll certainly put that into the notes. So Luke, thanks for so much for coming on. We'll have you back when gold hits 2300 in probably a couple months, so. That's all for this week's 60 Billion Market Update. As always, to you out there, take great care of yourselves and those you love, if you enjoyed this video, hit the like button and share it with those you love. Subscribe to our channel and hit that alert button so you know when we publish new bullion market updates.